the different approaches of LastPass and 1Password to your password security. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two in a catch-up Mac Voices live session that was broadcast late last year, but the information is still very relevant. We take a look at the LastPass hack as it existed then, but more importantly, we discuss how password managers, including 1Password and LastPass, take different approaches to protect your data. We also ask the question, how does one carry 300 iPhones? Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. I want to throw this link into the show, into to, uh, the next the next issue that we're catching up on, into everything. Um, this is the, uh, I'm not sure if this is a PSA or a warning or what, um, but that LastPass um, was hacked again. Um, which is disturbing. But what was more disturbing, at least to me, was they used um, information stolen in the last hack in August of 2022 to do this hack. And that really bothered me. It's like, okay, if you had information stolen that could have allowed another hack, you know, why didn't you alter it, change it, you know, do something to uh, to secure? Because, you know, a password manager is a really, really, really bad thing to have hacked. Any Anybody have feelings or thoughts about this? I mean, I yeah, I don't want to trash LastPass, but... So my, so my reading of uh, the article that uh, you, you you pointed us all to for you know, advance of the show, um, it, they're a little bit vague. You know, they... And maybe that's purpose, you know, designed to give people, you know, comfort. But it, it sounds like it was not so much you know, the last pass uh, or customer data that was hacked versus they got uh, information to log into a lot of the other, you know, the servers on the back end to, you know, they said to some of the other go-to services, which are things like, you know, go-to-meeting and, uh, you know, whatnot. So um, it, it's – they – I think they're doing the public a disservice. They're sending out a message saying, hey, we were hacked, but they're saying it's okay, but they're not saying why it's okay. You know, so, um, you know, I don't know if it's just limited to, you know, if, if it's a red herring that they're throwing out there that, oh, it's all these other services. Um, because also, you know, uh, LastPass went through a similar type of restructuring, uh, you know, got acquired and then it was sort of split out at its own you know, uh, you know, because you know, again, I think you know, hope is to spin off as a SaaS software as a service company and uh, make a killing in the markets. But uh, to the extent that they said, you know, we we got hacked in August, and based on that, you know, we got breached again, or we think we may have been breached again. Um, I think this is just uh, you know really bad corporate communications because it's just uh, raising all sorts of uh, questions and doubts. And if we all had a couple of drinks, we'd probably be all screaming and shouting about about this. But uh, I don't use LastPass, so I'm just looking and observing and watching. Yeah, LastPass yeah. is part of uh, LogBN as well. We just talked about that. With, uh... Yeah. Um, yes. 
Good meeting. Yeah. Um, okay. Cybersecurity is super, super hard. And, uh, and we're at the point now where there's this absolutely bonkers war going on uh, behind the scenes that uh, the, the average person has no idea is happening. You want to see what's what's going on with AI in the most crazy way? Look at cybersecurity because that that's where you have the the black hat attackers using artificial intelligence and machine learning to uh to find exploits in in ways that humans can't and and certainly far faster than humans ever could. And then on the other side you have uh have the cybersecurity professionals using AI and machine learning to find the the places that they need to harden what they're doing and find the those relationships that a human would never see and uh, and make those changes faster than a human ever could. So now you have this battle between artificial intelligence systems trying to hack in and block hacks at the same time. So when you reach that level if if your company is not actively participating in this game and and using like really serious enterprise level security tools that are relying on artificial intelligence and machine learning to uh to help protect your company you are screwed i have no idea what lastpass and logmein are doing presumably because we're talking about big companies that's that's happening but Holy crap. LastPass has had uh, security breaches every year for the past several years. And uh, and there okay, there's one where they get a they get a pass on because it's uh, it was actually a flaw in Android OS and uh, and not in LastPass and it potentially impacted all of the password management tools. And so all all the companies that make these tools quickly rush to patch to protect from this flaw in Android. So they all get a pass on that one. But but seriously, if you look at LastPass's history, at this point, it's really difficult for me to uh, to to justify any company relying on them anymore. Which which I know is a pretty strong thing to say, but their track record is not looking good. Yeah, I, I know. I know. And this sort of to circle this back to the other story, this is a, a category of software that I'm happy to pay um, a monthly subscription to. And I don't mind saying I pay, to, pay it to one password because they are constantly making those improvements, doing that research and protecting it. And it's, it's one of the few places I think that I'm not sure, with the possible exception of what Apple builds into um the os which is which is secure but it's it's not exactly feature rich um i yeah i just i have a real issue with with uh paying one time for it and then feeling like i'm not sure if the software is being updated yeah, scares me a little so i think i agree with jeff you know this is it, it is a difficult it is a cat and mouse game and it's an arms race uh, it is viruses against hosts, you know, just uh, this ongoing uh, battle. Um, I think LastPass, because uh, they are uh, uh, cloud-based, you know, they're such a gigantic, uh, you know, target, you know, just 
you know, they're a honeypot, you know, they're part of the, they're the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, there's a lot of money there, you know, potentially they can be unlocked if somebody can hack them. Yeah. Unlike uh, some of these others. And, uh, uh, you know, one password I think now is also a little bit going more centralized through the cloud. And I think that one like password Apple, is a cloud-based service. And I right. think Apple, um, it's, uh, it's all distributed. So it's all associated with everybody's individual account. So, there isn't the economy of scale there of you know one hack or one infiltration unlocking you know millions of users like there are with some of these other services. So I think based on that, uh, just that sort of a reasoning, I'm more confident uh, using uh, password management with uh, with Apple. Uh, you know, OnePress, which certainly offers other things in terms of you know uh, you know encrypted notes and. Uh, you know, various faults and also telling you, hey, you know, you know, you know, Yahoo Mail or Google Mail got, you know, compromised, you know, go out and check, you know, your passwords or go change your passwords. You know, it's uh, pretty clear on, you know, issuing commands to instruct people what to do. So, um, yeah, I agree with Chuck. It's, uh, it's an important area. It is certainly something worth paying for. So I'm, I'm curious if you don't mind answering how many people here use a third-party password manager? I don't want to know what, yeah. but okay, pretty much everybody. Yeah, it, it. I don't know. I mean, just do what you're comfortable with. But it is it is your data, and it does feel like sometimes the password managers are, uh, as as Mark said, kind of the key to the, the ticket. And ironically, I was, while, while we were discussing this, I got a message on my watch saying that a deposit has been made to my account. And would I please just click this link to confirm? Oh, 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 oh tap it, okay. tap it, Chuck, tap, tap it. it. <laughs> no chance. Don't no you chance. want that money? No, uh, no. Nah, nah, I want to keep what little I have. I don't want to give it to anybody else. All right, hold, hold um, on. I need to go back into PayPal and cancel that money transfer to you. <laughs> oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Um, hey, a couple other things. Um, listen, this one. I'm sorry. This is just fun. Um, man robbed following purchase of 300 iPhones at Fifth Avenue store in New York City. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I don't know if any any of you <laughs> that, saw this. That's but, just fun. It, yeah. Well, it's 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 it fun because him. look. Yeah. Well, but look, I, 300 iPhones, first of all. Second, look, I know it's New York, but it, it was a purchased at 1 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. So, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, why would you think that purchasing, if you were going to buy 300 iPhones, why would you do it at 1 in the morning? And why would you not have, like, armed guards with you? I mean, it just... If you're purchasing $300 of iPhones all at once... That should be sending off huge red flags at Apple, oh. and uh, and they should be looking at whether or not they should they should do the transaction at all. But in the article it says that uh, you know apparently he's done it before. He has some sort of small business. It's not specified what that is, but apparently this is not his first multiple hundred unit buy from that Apple store. Yeah, I. I... I mean, if it, it, I say it's fun just because I just, there's just so many things weird about this story that you just kind of have to laugh. But you read them and they say, blah, 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 blah. And you look at it, it looks like the average price is, uh, if you do the math, $760. So 
those are certainly not uh, you know pro phones. You know, they're probably uh, uh, various combinations of you know, iPhone 14 and iPhone 13. Yeah, but it's still a it's still a fair amount of money. <clears throat> and um, he still had 175 phones left, apparently that they. <laughs> Well, that that tells me the uh, <laughs> the criminals didn't show up prepared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would Come show on, up criminals. prepared for somebody carrying? I mean, how big is three? You know, I don't believe that I could carry three hundred iPhones. Period. How much does that weigh? Yeah, brand new in a box. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're in yeah. a box. But the boxes are um, because they don't. Yeah, yeah but but still, three hundred of them. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. I mean, if they're each a pound, that's 300 pounds. Even if it's a half a pound, that's 150 pounds. I, that's a big wagon. I don't. Yeah. And, well, that, and then you found 13s, by the way. Says he was carried, carrying them in three bags. Thanks. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh well. So uh, hey, it's uh, it's New York. Yeah, I mean, this feels like, you know, one of those, you know, guy walks into a bar stories, you know, guy walks out of the Apple store with 300 iPhones, gets robbed. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Okay, so that's our our palate cleanser. That's our sorbet. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um, there was one other one, though, that I, I well, there's there's a, a, a definitely a topic I want to get to, but I also want to touch on this article. Um, and this is one from Tidbits. And I think at least one or two folks here on the panel confirmed that they're having this issue, um, that some HomeKit automations broke with uh, the the uh, wow. iOS 16 update. It's raging on the internet. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I have not experienced this so far, but I also don't have sophisticated HomeKit setup uh, at all. You know, I, I have sort of the one trick, one, one command ponies. Um, anybody else seeing this with any... Significant consistency. Yeah, Chuck. I was the one who posted this on, in the Slack channel. Um, I, uh, my wife and I, we have Christmas set up, and you know we have the Christmas lights in the tree and the lights outside and all that kind of stuff. It's set to go off at sunset. Um, turn all the lights on at sunset and turn them off at eleven o'clock at night. And uh, as soon as I did the iOS sixteen update, all those scheduled automations work. Now I can still do everything manually. But uh, all, all the scheduled automations just quit working completely. So. Hmm. I I made a comment in uh, in the uh, Slack earlier today about how I was having trouble with uh, with automations that involve shortcuts that that uh, impact or do something with music. Everything that that involves shortcuts and music is broken. Just that part doesn't work. But then I, I started thinking about it. Well, what else am I dealing with? And then I realized since iOS 16 came out, the uh, automation that's that runs from a time-based function uh, for when I come in my front door and then it turns on the light automatically, 10 minutes later, it turns the light off. It no longer turns the light off. And, uh, and I have uh, a couple other timed activities from HomeKit, and those are not happening either so uh, like like web if i manually uh invoke whatever that home kit automation is it'll work um geofenced um 
automations, those are working okay for me, though. Well, mostly. So, so and and Jeff, you, you as I recall, you uh, you set up parallel. Uh, yeah, setups. I guess scenes for um, for uh, the Echo device, the uh, the Amazon Alexa device, and for HomeKit. In are, are they? Are, is it just the HomeKit ones that are broken? It's just the HomeKit stuff that's broken. Okay. Um, now, some some of the things that I'm doing with HomeKit, I can't do with uh, with the A Lady platform, and uh, and that. In some cases, it's hardware based. Like it's a device that only supports HomeKit, and uh, and then in other cases, it's because I'm doing something that HomeKit can do that that you just can't set up. Uh, oh no, I guess I could if I if I set it up as a as an ift thing and then had the Echo call the ift, do like a series of it. Doesn't matter. Um, there are some things that I just that that are very HomeKit specific. This edition of Mac Voices is brought to you by the Mac Voices Slack, available to all patrons of Mac Voices. Sign up today at patreon.com slash macvoices. So if, if I guess the good news is if you're having problems with iOS 16 and HomeKit, you're not alone. The bad news is you're having problems with HomeKit. Yeah, the bad news is you're not alone. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I think there may be earthquakes in uh, Kansas City because Webb has been uh, uh, bouncing over the screen. Oh, I, I, I've been trying to show the the Christmas lights in the background. That's and oh. uh, that's all I'm trying to do. So, oh, okay. Well, I turned no, off my was, virtual background and it was it was entertaining. I must say. Yeah, sorry. Um, before we leave this, I want to ask the birthday girl if she, if she's having any home kit uh, or excuse me um, shortcut issues. Yeah, I wasn't I knew that, speaking up because it's embarrassing. <laughs> okay. So this summer, a few things happened. One, I was on the iOS 16 beta. And two, we swapped over our whole internet setup to this Comcast business thing that also sucks, just like our old Comcast that wasn't business thing. Anyway. But now it costs um, more. But now it costs more, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, about that time, I was like, oh, a bunch of HomeKit stuff isn't working. I'll just delete the whole house. This is after trying lots of other things. I'll delete the whole house and then set it up again. And it's December and I have not set it up again because it was a pain. And I kept thinking, well, surely we're going to get rid of this Comcast business thing soon. And I don't want to have to deal with that again. So, yeah, um, I have no idea if it's working. Something broke. It might have been that in the summer. It might not have been. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, when I saw this story, I immediately thought of you and, and knowing how much of your life you run on shortcuts. Um, and wondered if it if that extended to the home automation stuff. It did, and I would like it to again. And I just have to spend the time to actually reset them up again. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the stories we wanted to catch up on. Um, but something occurred to me um, over the holiday break and all. Um, I was reading a bunch of articles and you know playing catch up on a, on a lot of different things. There's there's still so much discussion of the metaverse. Um, what it is, what it's going to be, you know, everybody's trying to sell you that in the metaverse, you soon will be able to do X, whatever X is. And I guess I'm kind of struggling with it a bit because I'm I'm questioning whether we already have the metaverse in in some degree. 
Um, in the metaverse, you're allegedly going to be able to go in and converse with people um, and interact with them face-to-face. Well, guess what? That's kind of what we're doing right here, right now. Um, in the metaverse, you'll be able to share resources and asset, assets and look at them together. Well, we can do that with Zoom by screen sharing. Um, there are a dozen different services that you can integrate into Zoom or into a number of the other tools and do a lot of that sharing. Um, there, there, there are not so great options like Teams. There are, is Slack. Um, there, I mean, I don't even want to. I'm, I don't want to start too far down this road because. Um, I'll start to have to name all the services, but I, I keep, I, I'm to the point now where I'm wondering what the metaverse in any of its pro- proposed incarnations is going to bring to us that we can't right now do. Maybe it'll be a little slicker, but am, am I just completely off base here? Does anybody see something that they really think will be better um, if we, if we all pull on avatar suits or whatever and jump into uh, this new reality? From a practical Jeff? standpoint, I think you're mostly right. Um, but there are some things that feel different um, w- when it's developed well. Um, you know, I know of people who will watch a movie on an airplane, not um, on their laptop or whatever, but on with the VR because then they don't have to look at the rest of the airplane. Um, and so for them, that's a more relaxing experience. Um, there are sometimes things that that a little bit more interaction is helpful with. Um, I still think the progress on it is pretty slow. But, you know, things like, hey, we're in a giant whiteboard room and we can map things out together. Because um, I do a lot of screen sharing and, and work with people. And that's great. I don't not miss in-person meetings because we can do things in more space. But, um, and I know people who benefit from it, but I think it's only sometimes like, you know, you don't want to do it all the time. It has super duper limitations in, in all of the current incarnations, but I know people who do benefit from it sometimes. Um, Bridget, your comment about the, 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 uh, the movie on the plane is, is a really good one um, because that's just one more thing that. One more example of something we can do right now. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it could be done a little better. Maybe uh, the standards can become a little more widespread for that. And maybe we will all end up with those kind of glasses uh, or goggles or whatever that will allow you to do more of that. Um, but it just it feels like it, it feels like there, these will be enhancements. It won't be the radical thing, at least not right off. And, and I'm I'm still looking for the killer app that the metaverse, whatever that means will bring. Jeff, you uh you were you were laughing at Brittany's comment about um drawing in space and cutting blocks with lightsabers. Hopefully you can we can do a little more than that if this is going to be a really big thing. Well first off, Brittany, you nailed it. That is absolutely where we are with this technology. And uh okay, so when we talk about metaverse, um Mark Zuckerberg gets really excited. Because in his lizard brain, he's thinking, ah, ah, they're saying metaverse. They're saying metaverse. And what he wants is for all of us to think that metaverse is the the whole virtual reality thing. Metaverse is a product that comes from Meta, the same company that owns Facebook. And it is a sort of virtual reality-ish kind of thing. 
And uh, and when I look at that, what I'm looking at is a company or or maybe a lizard boss that is desperately trying to find a way to make virtual reality exciting and sexy for the average uh, consumer. And uh, but he knows that uh, to be able to sustain that, you have to have the 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 whole business side of it as well, and that's where at least for now, that whole IBM partnership thing is coming in. So when I look at metaverse, I'm thinking, okay, this is uh, a marketing thing. What we really need to look at to answer the question that, that you're going after Chuck is how about virtual reality in general? And I think virtual reality has valid uses that will continue to improve in specific places. And this is not a consumer thing other than gaming, at least for now. So if you have uh, uh, something like uh, like the, uh, the uh, Perseverance rover that's on Mars, um, NASA has been able to create a virtual reality um, interface for the uh, engineers that drive program or uh robots like perseverance and opportunity so that they can they can have a uh, a view into the world that they're literally driving around and uh and have a better perspective on where the robots are going um places where you have uh uh like hazardous situations let's say you need to go into a radioactive space and you can send a robot in there and have a virtual reality representation of where the robot is so you can control it in real time things like that uh or how, how about remote medicine remote surgery virtual reality um so things like that i see as valid uses for vr technology and places where over time this will continue to improve where it becomes much more practical to to just happen on a regular basis for the average user, we are not going to switch and, and watch next year. Someone will make me eat these words. We are not going to switch to doing panel podcasts like this in virtual reality. This, what we have right now, this works incredibly well and will continue to work incredibly well and very efficiently for a really long time. We don't need to pretend that we're sitting around the Jedi Council chambers with uh, with uh, virtual Yoda and virtual Obi-Wan with us while they're out on campaigns. No, we can do this. It works great. Um, I want to I want to pull Eric in here because he just brought up an interesting thing. Jeff, the one comment I'll make is for a number of, of the examples you just gave there. It sounds like you're... I'm not sure if it's augmented reality or not. Probably not. I guess it is VR, but it feels like that is doing something that is affecting the physical world as opposed mm-hmm. to being in a completely virtual world that that doesn't have a, a connection to the real world. Yes. And uh, um, it, yes, I see virtual reality as a viable way to extend our interaction in the real world in in ways that we currently can't do but you said augmented reality also that's where you'll get consumers 
because yeah. that's where you can do things like we're, we're seeing already where like in a car you get you get a heads up display that has arrows pointing the directions that you're going um like google they tried to do with google glass where you could walk around and then have data showing up on glasses in front of your eyes and uh, no one else sees the data that's something that i think will gain uh popularity with consumers and I, I agree, because I can see some definite value for that. Eric, you you brought up the idea of um, in our in our private chat here, um, the idea of maybe using virtual reality to try out a product. Um, yeah, or augmented reality, as as I guess, because um, you know, whenever Apple comes up with something like their 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 new display. You know, being able to grab an object of that and you know, put it out effectively on your table and and you know, hold your phone up as you walk around it so you can see the new screen on your desk and what it looks like and what all the connections look like well before you could actually order and and expect to see it. You can see it and visualize it. You can, you know, walk over to somebody else's office and say, you know, that display would look really good right in that spot. And this is exactly what it will look like and how it goes with all of the rest of your stuff. Um, same thing with um, ordering Canvas prints. You can order a Canvas print online and they let you hold up your phone against your wall and it will put in the the print that you're ordering on the wall at the right dimension, and you can see how it compares to everything else on the wall, or the measure app where you hold your, your phone up and you say from this point to this point about how big is that and how far off the floor is it, all of that kind of augmented information to a real space. That's where I see things being useful. It's easy to understand. It's you know the equivalent of walking up with a real measuring tape. Everybody gets it. You don't have to 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 give people a whole lot of background. It's just there, and you it's it's easy to you know add on and make it easier to have that appear, um, yeah, and appear in more things. So that's where I expect everything to show up. the The whole VR thing where you immerse yourself and isolate yourself from everywhere else. I think we're decades away from that being useful. Okay. Okay. Um, Mark, you wanted in. Yes. Is my uh, audio on? Yes, I'm not muted. Okay. I'm so glad you're wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was close. Yeah. So um, I, I think part of this is it to be um, you know uh, Talmudic about it. Is we really need to define what does metaverse mean, and you know, I think the vision that uh, Zuckerberg has of, you know, some sort of, you know, thing you put your head on so you can simulate being at a meeting. Well, sitting in a room or, you know, going to a coffee shop, you know, is just as good. You know, that's a solution, you know, looking for a problem. Um, I think uh, the idea of separating VR and AR um I think VR is probably good for all sorts of uh, things where you cannot you know, do something in the real world, like doing mission planning. You have to go in and uh, with Jeff, you know, clean out uh, or fix or repair in a 
a damaged uh, atomic power plant or you know prepare to you know do a raid in the kremlin and take out uh, putin you know so you know the things like that that i think vr is good for training for simulating uh, reality <clears throat> but i think that's a very <clears throat> narrow set of tasks you know i think for most people uh, the idea of augmented reality that it's something that you know enhances you know our interaction with the daily world and i think for that um you know, Chuck. You know, Chuck put the teaser in the show notes for this uh, episode of "Are We Already Living in the Metaverse?" But I don't think I don't know if I ever saw the article that he put uh, that he referred to where he meant. So I went uh, searching for a little bit, and I found some other things that you know people are talking about the you know, metaverse, you know, not as the Zuckerbergian sense of you know goggles you put in your head and make this all encompassing thing. But, you know, sort of more generalized term of, you know, interacting or integrating uh, computer-based systems into your daily life. And, you know, I, I think in that regard, yeah, I think, yeah, we clearly are you know, living in a metaverse. You know, I think of it as dimensions, things like, um, you know, David Sparks is probably known to uh, many of the uh, listeners here, uh, you know, 10 years ago, you know, or even even more uh, you know, I remember him just talking about his task manager and how he's integrated in his life. And I remember at the time thinking that uh, you know, what he's done is he's found a way he's integrated uh, his his Mac, you know, through this application you know, to be a part of his functioning uh, nervous system. Um, it sounds like a, a funny term, but he was really describing what seemed to me as a very intimate relationship that he was having you know, with his computer in terms of just dumping in, you know, different tasks and different things, you know, that he needed to do. But that's text-based. So that's, you know, that's, you know, that's a dozen years old or more. Uh, you know, now we're trying to do things uh, graphically. Um, you know, there's talk about, you know, people having sort of the uh, Robocop, you know, or the uh, Terminator, you know, glasses that will overlay, you know, other information as you look around. Um, today, for, I had an example that, you know, sort of, struck me as a use case appropriate for this discussion walking the dogs coming back and uh was about a block away from a school and uh it was walking in this kid you know uh well i shouldn't call him a kid you know this young man was probably about 16 ish 15 16 16 17 you know asked for help you know he had uh he had rescued a squirrel that somehow was injured or something you know with his two backs legs and he needed me to uh help him so you know, uh, I looked at, you know, different things on my phone, He, you know, and then, uh, uh, you know, found something. I called somebody and they were going to, you know, list off, uh, you know, a number. It was a 10-digit number, didn't have anything to put it down on. Got his phone, typed in the phone, you know, he called it. And then it was, you know, a little bit passing forth between different agencies. But, you know, something like that would have been, you know, perfect if you have, you know, you know the eyeglasses and you put it on and you call, you know, call San Jose Animal Rescue, and you know you can pop it up and you can do that you know now with you know your with the, with an iphone but you know if you don't have use of your hands you know uh, you know some sort of apparatus that is uh, lightweight and easy to wear you know again that's this integration with this virtual world into our daily life so you know i think that's the sort of area that you know i'm encouraged you know for um, hoping that Apple's doing something for whatever their play is that uh, everyone is always talking about. But, 
again, I think you know, metaverse is it's a disservice. It's too broad a term. And, you know, we should, uh, you know, I think you know, sort of the ARVR is a little bit more clumsy, but I think it's a little bit more precise. And I think ultimately XR works. XR works. Yes. XROS. You know, so I think people find more value in things like that than you know, these all encompassing, you know, you know, artificial environments. So that's yeah. all I have to say back to you, Chuck. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, when I teased this uh, for tonight's conversation, I didn't have an article in mind. It was just, it, it, it was just an amalgamation of, of me reading a number of things and seeing all these predictions and things that, People say we'll be able to do in the metaverse, and it's like, well, can do that now. I don't need to, you know, put on goggles to shop virtually. I can, you know, use my web browser and click buy, and Amazon delivers it. So, in the final version of this Mac Voices Live catch up, we continue our discussion of the metaverse, where it is, where it's going, what we need, what we don't need, and what we have right now. And some of the conclusions might surprise you. That's next time on Mac Voices. I'll see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.